Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. Man, I am just, I'm really thankful for you guys. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have this podcast and be able to share thoughts and, you know, ideas with you. And I hope it's been a blessing to you. So today, what I wanted to do was to talk about what does it look like to make plans in pencil? What does it look like to make goals, you know, to create a a pattern when life is so up in the air? So in the midst of all of this pandemic craziness, you know, I don't know about you, but the way that I have felt is that I feel like I'm on hold. I feel like a lot of my life has been sort of in limbo, you know, and there was maybe grace for that for a short amount of time, but eventually it kind of became like... I want to be able to plan something. I want to be able to bank on something. I want to make a plan for November and have a pretty good idea that it's going to actually happen. And yet that's not the world we live in. In fact, I just heard last week there was a a Providence in Canada that announced that they were not going to do any type of sports for, you know, the foreseeable future until there was a vaccine, which could be 18 months from now. I mean, it's just a crazy time to be alive. But just because it's a crazy time to be alive doesn't mean that it's a wasted time. And so what I wanted to do today was to talk about how do you set goals in the midst of this? What even are good goals to set? I'm sure you're familiar with the proverb that says, without vision, people perish right? I mean, there's been a lot of sermons done about this particular statement. And really the idea here is that when we don't have a direction, when we don't have a purpose, we begin to die. That might be a literal death in some specific, very, very niche circumstances. But for you and I, it's really a spiritual death. I mean, when we don't know what's going to happen in our life with God or when we're going to have regular community with people again or all those types of things, we actually can begin to have a sort of a spiritual death. And so we need to pay attention to that. And I just want to challenge you. You need something to be working towards right now. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've been doing is a lot of puzzles. I mean, full disclosure, I do enjoy puzzles. I think there's something comforting to me. My puzzle rhythm is to get it all out and kind of methodically work it through while I watch, you know, old reruns of one of my favorite shows. And it's sort of like my happy place sometimes, not always, but sometimes. And so I have been doing a lot of puzzles because I love that I feel accomplished when I put it together, but then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, ugh, I don't even remember what day it is. And if you've got kids at home and you're not an essential worker, so you're working from home, then you need vision in this season right now because there's not much that's going to change, at least in terms of what's happening with our kids, right? School is out for the summer, sort of, right? So we counted it up at the beginning of this shutdown thing. It was like five plus months, five and a half months of um kids being at home before they go back to school in August. And my husband and I looked at each other and just thought, oh 
merciful heavens, we're going to need some grace because our life is going to look so different than it did two weeks before. So here's step number one. When we're talking about making goals when we're walking on water, I mean, that's really the best way to look at it, right? Jesus is saying, come to me. And we're looking at the water and saying, this doesn't work. Your employers are saying, work from home. And you're looking at your bedroom because you don't have a home office and you're going, how is this going to work? And now that you're trying to navigate through it, it's time to set some goals. So step number one, set realistic goals. I mean, let's be honest. Who even knows what life is going to look like next week at this moment, right? We're banking on the fact you're going to be alive. We're banking and hoping on the fact you're going to be healthy. We're banking on the fact that there will be food somewhere for you to eat. But the rest of it might be, you know, up for interpretation. So set realistic goals. This is not the time to drop 30 pounds in the next five weeks. This is not the time to read 200 books unless maybe you live by yourself and you don't have a TV. This is not the time to, you know, become the most organized person of all time. Like don't set a goal that's going to stress you out. Set a realistic one. I'll just tell you for me, I'm looking at focusing on one week to one month increments. But why am I even doing goals at all? Well, to be honest, because I don't want to go backwards in my life. In the kingdom of God, there is no plateau. Um, I love how Rodney Hogue says it this way. There's no parking in the kingdom of God. So you're either moving forward towards his presence or you're moving backwards away from him into your flesh. It's one or the other. So we're kidding ourselves if we think we're just going to kind of be in limbo and things are going to work themselves out. No, no, no. Listen, friend. You're either moving forwards or you're moving backwards. So it's important for you to have a goal for what your faith is going to look like in the midst of this uncertainty. So set healthy increments one week to one month at the max, because that will give you the flexibility to set new goals and tweak them as time goes on. I think a lot of us, when we think about goal setting and we think about setting like resolution type ideas, we look at it from a purely disciplined standpoint. And it's kind of like that, all right, I'm on the horse. Somebody give that horse, you know, a little pat on the backside and send me running. And that pat is the form of discipline, right? That I'm going to pull myself by the bootstraps and I'm going to do this. But the interesting thing when it comes to our relationship with Jesus anyway, is that discipline is actually born out of passion. In other words, passion leads to discipline naturally, but discipline does not always lead to passion. So just because we're forcing ourselves to do something does not mean that eventually we will like it. Sometimes we just grow bitter and quit altogether. So if you are like me and you're looking at your life being flipped, turned upside down and you're saying, all right, you got the kids at home or you've got, you're working from home. Your schedule is so different. Then you need a new rhythm for what your life with Jesus is going to look like. Maybe this is the time to explore what your faith means to you in worship or in artistic ways or in nature walks or in changing it up from the morning to the evening or the evening to the morning, but doing something to kickstart it. But here's what I want you to frame it through. What sounds good to you? Because if you're forcing yourself to do something, especially that's spiritual, it's not always going to end in the place of passion. But if you start because you're in love with God, discipline will come naturally out of that. 
You know, there is actually a downside to being discipline focused. Did you know that? When we're only discipline focused, we actually feel this sort of subconscious thing like we have to force ourselves to do something that we might not have been ready to do or just plain don't want to do. Discipline focused life. Now, I should say before I finish that sentence that discipline is a good thing. We need it. We want it in life. I want it for your life, but not at the cost of your emotional peace. So discipline has a downside because often it robs us of the natural rhythm that the Holy Spirit is trying to work with you. Let me just say it this way. When you have given your life to Jesus and you want to follow him, there is always an effortless place of surrender. It might be hiding from you right now. Like you might not know what it is, but it is there and you have to explore a little bit to find it. The downside to discipline comes when we're focusing on negativity, when we're focusing on what we cannot do. You know, it's kind of like, oh, you stink at this and you got to get better at this. And all of that is so close to condemnation. But as Romans tells us, there's no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ Jesus. So you can't really get to God through discipline alone. That's what I'm trying to say. Again, passion leads to discipline naturally. What do I mean by that? When you enjoy spending time with God, you will find a way to make it happen pretty much every day. And then to other people that might look like a discipline, but to you, it's like, well, this isn't really hard. I mean, I do it because I enjoy it, right? Uh, It's kind of like, I love to have a clean sink. So we built our house a couple years ago and we, we splurged on this farmhouse white porcelain sink. And I did a whole bunch of research beforehand. And I was thinking about, you know, a lot of reviews had said it was a fragile sink and you have to clean it often. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, Have I ever loved a sink before this? I don't think so, but I think I'm in love now. I mean, I just, I do. I still look at it two and a half years later and I swoon a little bit. I just think it's gorgeous. You may have seen my my sink and you think I'm nuts. That's fine. But to me, I have a passion for this thing. And so it is no burden to me at all to put the gloves on, get the chemicals out and scrub that sucker down every week so that I can keep it in its beautiful porcelain white state. And, you know, up until this point, two and a half years later, there's no stains because the discipline of cleaning it is actually something I enjoy. That's my point in showing to you passion leads to discipline, not always the other way around. So the first thing you've got to do is find delight in what you're doing. Force yourself to find delight in it. So what kind of goals are you setting for right now? At the beginning of this year, I felt like God had said to me, and I'll just share this with you because I I found it to be really practical so far. I felt like he had shared with me to break down 2020 into four quadrants, right? Or really four seasons and take three months at a time and and really seek the Lord on what is my focus to pray in this time period? What is my focus of what I'm trying to learn in myself, where I'm trying to grow spiritually in these three months? And then giving myself permission to seek again and come up with a new set after those three months. So when I sat down, I gave myself at least an hour. Why? Because I get distracted And I'm the kind of person where if I feel like I'm going to get interrupted, I would rather wait so that I can 
really have time. I may only need 10 minutes to do this, but I don't want to feel hurried. When we feel hurried, it's harder to hear God. When we feel pressured or stressed, it's harder to hear his voice. So I know for me, because I've learned myself, that I got to be able to have at least an hour set on the calendar. Do I need the whole hour? Not usually, but I want it on there so that I can have the freedom to worship if I want to. I can have the freedom to journal my thoughts. On certain days, this might be TMI, I can have the freedom to tell God what I'm mad at him about. Like, why aren't you doing this? And you told me to pray for this and you haven't answered that prayer. And I have to get it off my chest so that I can feel at one with him again. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in our relationship with Jesus that takes time. And so then when my heart feels clean before him, I can listen to his direction and I can hear him so much better. So here's what it looks like. I'll sit down and I'll say, Lord, What do you want me to be praying for for the next three weeks, three months, excuse me? And really, what am I saying? This is going to be my focus. This is going to be my goals. This is going to be what I'm learning about, what I'm diving into, what I'm reading scripture about. And I'll just put a, you know, if you've heard me talk about hearing God before, you'll know I put a little L and I draw a circle around it, which is my symbol for listening. And that way, when I go back into my journal, I can see exactly the times where I felt like God was saying something to me and I can find them super quickly. So I go back and I I draw an L and I circle it. And I sit there, I close my eyes and I picture myself sitting across from the Holy Spirit and I'm just like, tell me what you want me to know. And then I just begin to write it down. Here's what we think, what we get wrong sometimes with listening to the Lord. We expect him to have full, complete sentences or paragraphs and then we write it down, but it doesn't always work that way. In fact, more often than not, God might speak one or two words and he's expecting us to take action on those one or two words before he will release the rest. So you have to kind of get comfortable, at least for me, in beginning to write down almost like a scribe what he's saying straight from my head to my hand and then go back and read it and kind of marvel at the fact that it's something coherent. When I'm waiting for him to give me this long monologue, it often doesn't come that way. So I'll sit down and say, God, what am I praying for right now? And he'll say, I want you to pray for this and this and this. And I'll write that down. And guess what I do? I actually pray it. I actually think it through. If if I'm setting goals with the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to do this and I want you to do this. Okay. And then what do you have to do, guys? You have to actually do it, right? Life in the kingdom is about obeying what God is doing. Uh, More is given to you, more revelation, more breakthrough, more faith. It's given when you steward what you have. That's the way it works. So here's my challenge to you. Life may feel uncertain. You may absolutely feel like you're being told to get out of the boat and walk on water, something that just, you know, to your standards can't be done. But I'm telling you, That God has something in store for you right now that is going to blow your mind if you're willing to invest time in him, invest time in listening, and set some goals that you're actually going to act on. That's I'm doing this in my own life. You know, I'm resetting some goals right now because life looks so different than how I expected it to. But I am fully expecting God to grow me in this season. I am 100% expecting to move out of 2020 more victorious, more confident, more sold out, more on fire, more passionate, more excited about who God is and who he's being 
to me and through me. And this season right now is the seeds that I'm planting to reap that harvest. This season right now, the goals you choose to set, the passion you choose to fan into flame in your life, the the way that you choose to prioritize the kingdom in your daily life, these are the seeds that you're planting that you're going to reap come January as we walk into an entirely different new year. And maybe even as soon as August. I don't know. What I do know is that it's worth it to take time to set those goals. So I mentioned a moment ago that it's really hard to hear God when you're really stressed out. And I wanted to kind of end by giving you guys a couple of tips on hearing the Lord. It's my personal conviction that God is always speaking, but I also know that there are times when it feels like he is being silent. Now, I believe I did a podcast earlier talking about when God is being silent. And if you want to explore that on a bigger scale, you can go look that up. But um, the bottom line is that when God feels like he's hiding from you, two things are happening. Number one, either you're hiding something from him and you're just projecting it onto him. In other words, like, I don't want to confess, Lord, that I've been doing something I know I wasn't supposed to do. And so I'm kind of inadvertently hiding from you, but I'm projecting it and feeling like you're hiding from me. Sometimes that's the case. The other thing that's happening is that he's playing hard to get. I don't mean that in a negative or manipulative way, but I think God likes to play hide and seek with us. I think there are times in our life, and I truly believe this, where it feels like God is hiding, and he kind of is, but not from the standpoint that he doesn't want you to find him. He's hiding like my husband does when he's playing hide-and-seek with our three-year-old when he's standing behind the curtain and his feet are obvious. I will never forget one night a couple years ago, all of our kids were so little and they were playing hide and seek. And my husband, Grant, literally laid down in the middle of the dining room floor. There was a chair next to him, but there was nothing hiding about him except that you just had to look to the left. And the kids kept running to the right and they looked for him for about five minutes. And he was in plain sight on the dining room floor, just barely behind the angle where if all they had done was scanned the entire room, they absolutely would have seen him. That's what I mean by God playing hide and seek with us. It takes very little effort, but he wants us to go through the motions of seeking him, of prioritizing him, of choosing to make him important in our life, so important that we go after him even when he feels hidden to us. So if you're in a season of life right now and you feel like God is playing hide and seek, don't back away in response to your assumption he's withdrawing from you. Push in in the expectation that he's hiding a revelation and a treasure for you. All you have to do is seek it out. God is so good. He is so with you. He is so excited to be in your life right now to help you set amazing goals for your advancement, for your um, increase, for your growth in this season. All you have to do is make some time to go find him. 
One of my favorite things to do when I'm listening and hearing the voice of God is to ask him to confirm it. You know, we don't always need a confirmation to obey, so don't get into that. But I just find it fun to see God echo his voice. It has built so much confidence in my ability to hear him. So I'll be listening. I'll do the thing in my journal, like I said, where I'll write an L and draw a circle around it. And then I'll sit and I'll, I'll start scribing out what he's saying But a lot of times I have to ask him questions. God, what do you want to talk about today? God, what do you think about my family? What do you think about my kids? Like, how how should I parent them in this season? God, what do you think about my marriage? Is there something I could be doing to really bless my spouse right now? I'll ask him questions like this. But then other times I'll say, God, what do you think about me? What do you want to say to me today? And on those days, if it feels too good to be true or it feels kind of hard to believe, this is what I'll do. I'll say, God, would you give me a scripture to back that up? And I'm telling you people, I'm not making this up. 75% of the time, so I wish I could say 100%, I'm not quite there yet. 75% of the time, I'll ask God, give me a scripture and I'll have a reference go through my mind. Like this morning, it was 1 Corinthians 3.19. And I thought, okay, so I'll I'll go and I'll look it up in in my Bible and I'll write it into my journal. And when I'm doing scripture in my journal, I actually write it in all caps. And that just helps me quickly be able to see what was God saying, what's scripture, and then what's me talking in my journal. Um, But a lot of times, 75% of the time, the scripture that he gives to me is almost verbatim what we had just been talking about. And I don't, I know the Bible really well, but I don't know the Bible references that well. So, you know, it's not like this thing where I'm coming up with it. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, he's talking about perseverance and I'm immediately coming up with that scripture that talks about perseverance. You know, it's not like that. It's almost this game that I play with the Lord, a beautiful daddy daughter game where he's showing me that it really was him. It doesn't have to be that for you, but I just encourage you have something with the Lord where, you know, you're gaining confidence in your ability to hear him. So maybe you come up with something that's like, Lord, if I'm going to hear something big from you, you know, give me a sign, show me like a red cardinal outside my window, or I don't know, something like that. And see if he follows through with it because the Lord loves to create a unique language just for you. So that's not really an in-depth thing about how to hear God's voice. Just a couple of thoughts for you on it. But listen, I want to encourage you, set some goals. Don't let Uh, let your spirit perish in this season. Get vision. Go after something in the Lord. Let this be a time of increase for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.